Hello, and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. So Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, it's a new year, though some problems from last year uh, haven't quite been banished yet, uh, hopefully soon. Uh, nevertheless, the march of time treads on, and we have a whole new season of anime to watch. I'm currently working through all of the tw- winter 2021 anime first episodes. By my count, that's something like 35 shows at least, uh, and so, so many of those are sequels. Um, that's going to be for the next episode of the podcast, which again, uh, if you notice, this month we're coming out on the second and fourth episodes as opposed to Fridays as opposed to the first and third due to the number of Fridays in the month um, we can do that so uh, anyway next episode we should be coming out uh, I believe on the uh, 22nd of January um, but yeah th- that episode is going to be to let you know what's worth watching or not um, you know, that being said like COVID uh, we still have some leftover issues from 2020 we need to take care of namely rating and reviewing the fall 2020 anime um, now, as I noted in a couple episodes ago, I found myself at my limit for how many anime I could actually watch in a given season at any one time by myself. Uh, somewhere in the 12 to at most 15 is full length shows, um, which I'm going to be, uh, which I can kind of keep up with, which is going to be real interesting given that uh, already I think something like 11 shows uh, are sequels next season that I, uh, or this coming season that I want to be watching. So, uh, all the non-sequel stuff is going to be really good for me to be able to keep up with them. Uh, that being said, you know, I already covered which ones I dropped around the episode six mark or so in past episodes. But in case you missed that, uh, those shows were Sleepy Demon Princess, Moriarty the Patriot, Kuma 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 Bear, The Day I Became a God, Noblesse, and Our Last Crusade. Uh, some of these actually apparently, you know, ended up going really bad uh, shortly after after I dropped them. So, you know, I think I dodged a bullet there. Others of them, I don't think they were honestly that bad. It's just a matter of, you know, time management on my part. And, you know, I just couldn't find the time. And, you know, given the nature of the show, it's unlikely I'm going to be able to really find time to go back and rewatch them. Uh, but who knows? So that You never know what will be in the future. But for now, those have been dropped. Um, in addition, you know, I also put the long-running shows of osumatsu Dragon Quest, Adventures of Die, and Digimon Adventures, the 2020 remake, uh, on hold. Not fully dropped, but uh, I do intend to get back to them at some point, you know, um, despite what I just said. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that comes about. And, and you know, if it goes too long, I may end up officially moving them to being dropped. I don't like leaving things in, in on hold for too long. Um, okay, that all being said, which shows did I actually manage to finish and how do I rank them and, and rate them? Uh, first off, they're the shows that are still ongoing. So I don't have a final locked-in score for those because obviously I can't, I don't rate a show until I've completed it. Um, but rather, I'll be giving them a tentative score based on what I've seen so far. Uh, so first up, we have D4DJ First Mix. Uh, this actually started a little bit later, and thus is actually on episode 9 out of, I believe, an anticipated 12 or 13 episodes. Uh, though hopefully the first mix in the title suggests that there may be more seasons coming up soon, hopefully. Um, in any case, this show was a bit of a pleasant surprise, actually. Uh, if you've been following along, you know I'm a bit of a sucker for shows where the main cast of characters go super deep into one hobby. Uh, in this case, DJing. Now, that does veer a little bit... Now, this show does veer a little bit close to Idol series, which isn't usually my jam. Um, though I do like musical shows in general, just not Idol shows. Um, and, you know, they don't they don't quite get into all the ins and outs of music production, uh, which I would have liked. Um, that I would really like to geek out about, you know. Which, granted, probably doesn't make for great stories 
storytelling. Um, but it just kind of stands away far enough from Idol Shows that I think I can enjoy it. Um, the characters are a little bit archetypal. You know, we have the Genki girl, Rinku, and the uh, rich and salted Ray, uh, among others. But, you know, they all have great chemistry and bounce off each other super well in a way that's fun to watch. Uh, what impresses me most of all, I think, is probably the animation, right? And, you know, this is actually coming from a predominantly CG anime, um, which is kind of surprising. But, holy crap, I'm impressed with how impre how expressive the characters are uh, with their faces. Um, there's one particular segment that stands out where Rinku was just eating a ton of food in the school cafeteria uh, in this really animated fashion and almost chokes on it. And it's just super impressive what they're able to do with, with CG animation. Um, I think that the advancements in CG animation and technology, as well as the fact that more people are getting used to CG anime girls through VTuber streams. Um, you know, the stereotype of the of a show being badly anim poorly animated if it has CG uh, is one that's going to have to go the way of the past. Now, there will definitely be shows where if you don't know what you're doing with CG, you're not going to have a good show. But I think I don't think it's a disqualify. It really should be a disqualifier anywhere that the show just isn't CG, right? Like, give it a chance for sure. You may be surprised. Uh, and aside from the looks, you know, obviously for music show, I gotta say, even though I'm a little bit disappointed they don't have enough hip-hop music for a DJ show, since that's kind of like my musical background, uh, the show's all pretty much bangers, and, and the performances of which there's at least one each episode are pretty enjoyable, both the song and the dance. Again, coming from someone who usually doesn't dive with the idol type show music. Uh, overall, my tentative score is a strong 3, and a, three out of 5. Uh, competently well done, if nothing particularly groundbreaking. Now, I could talk about Attack on Titan's final season, but granted, it, but the thing is, it only has four out of the anticipated 16 episodes so far. Um, that's not really enough for me to really give it a score, even though uh, if I did, it'd probably be a five out of five. Um, it's really good. You know, you should watch Attack on Titan as a whole if you haven't already and catch up. Um, MAPPA is knocking it out of the park. Go listen to my episode about you know, Attack on Titan as a franchise. Now, that being said, there is only one other full, leftover full-length show um, going into next season, which happens to be another MAPPA joint, um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Now, if you listen to my bonus episode from the top for the top anime of 2020, you'll know that Jujutsu Kaisen was my stand-in for anime of the season, with just how well executed it was. It brings together the budget and, and storyline and the world of a major Shonen Jump production with the smooth animation sequences of a studio map of film directed by the god of high school director Song Hoo Park. You can definitely tell this story takes influence from older jump hits like Naruto and especially Bleach with the supernatural bent to its world and a unique power system that is akin to Hunter x Hunter thrown in. Um, with half the season gone by, you know, and picking up again early next week, uh, sadly, though, saying goodbye to the bop of an ED that is lost in paradise, um, I'm eagerly awaiting for the conclusion before going to go binge the manga. It's that good. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen sits at a 5 out of 5 for me. Now, there are also a number of sword anime I picked up this season. Now, as such, I'll only be briefly touching on them since they are sword. Um, the real appeal of these shows really is that, that you have to consider is that, you know, they're so sword, most of them three minutes or so. I can just watch them while on the toilet, frankly, and, and not lose out on much. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't really cost me too much. So, you know, even if a show is, you know, here I'm definitely more tolerant of shows that have lower scores just because, you know, I'm not losing much. Um, all right. So first up, we have Inotoneko, uh, which is with a dog or a cat, everyday life is fun. 
fun. Probably the best sort of the ones I'm, I'm going to be talking about. Um, at only about a minute long each episode, it's pretty fun, pretty quick every Friday to just compare and contrast the attitudes of a cat uh, and a dog as a pet owner, uh, with some randomly heartfelt moments thrown in there. Um, I've actually got my wife, who's a bit of an animal fan, uh, to actually watch this show with me. You know, again, it's basically just so, like showing her a quick uh, you know video on Facebook or something like a minute long. But you know, I, I call that a win in my book. Um, there are going to be actually 24 episodes of this scheduled, so just about one full anime episode. Um, it's not quite quite done. It's only about halfway through. But you know, I think I'll give this like a three out of five. You know, plus Kana Hanazawa is a cute puppy, so you know, how could you not? Uh, next up, we have Sora Dakeganeck, or that is the bottleneck, which is a bizarre story about a convenience store uh, featuring a uh, we- peculiarly headed uh, employee named Muto. I don't want to give too much more for that because I think the, the plot that ends up arising and the twist um, is is pretty interesting, uh, and, and I don't really want to spoil that for you. Um, but I wasn't expecting to be you know told this kind of story in a three minute twelve episode. So think of like a thirty six minute short film that you know about the way we communicate in in, in modern times with a touch of horror. Not quite horror, right? I, I'm not quite sure what the, what, what the right word. Maybe a touch of the surreal, I think, would be the right word for it. Um, but I, I think it's worth checking out. Uh, overall, I think a two out of five. It might be a little too esoteric for most people. Uh, next up, we have Dogeza de Tanondemita, uh, or I'm at, tried, tried asking in Dogeza. Um, this is an Etsy sort about a guy voiced by the voice actor of Gintama, which is pretty funny if you're um, uh, groveling in front of different girls, seamlessly asking to see their boobs or panties. Um, that's it. That's the joke over 12 episodes. Uh, if you're a fan of Gintama's voice actor, I think this is probably worth a check out. Um, but honestly, I think you should just go read the manga if you know, you, you're, you're looking for this sort of thing. Um, yes, it's out there you know, with even more girls than what they covered in this uh, uh, so there is actually an isekai OVA, I believe, coming out. Um, but, you know, just just read the manga. There's, there's more out there than the arts uncensored. So, you know, one out of five. Um, let's see. Kusuge te yuna, or Don't Call Us a Junk Game. It's a story about the characters in a pretty bad role-playing game video game uh, who tried to change the main storyline to make their game better received online. Um, various shenanigans ensue as, you know, the story is written away for a particular reason, and them messing with it messes up, you know, the game. Um, as of this episode, there's only, you know, one more of the 12 episodes remain, and so I think, though, I'm going to finish this, but I don't think you should really start this. There's really nothing here, here right? jokes are pretty bland and repetitive the animation which you know is usually i think the thing that helps elevate a uh, sort so the most um if it has a unique style this, the animation here and the character designs are just very flat and generic um you know it looks like something out of flash anime which nothing against flash i just think that you know um there are better things to look for here um nothing to write home about I give it a one out of five no matter what the last three minutes of the show does Finally, we have another late show to start, uh, Totochu ni Egypt Kami, or Suddenly, Egyptian Gods. It's a slice-of-life story about cute chibi versions of the Egyptian gods like Ra, or Anubis, or Toth, or Bas, or, or so on. Um, there's an interesting tricolor design, you know, black and white and beige, and you know, the cute antics are just kind of relaxing overall. Not the most engaging narratively, but entertaining enough, right? Two out of five. All right, so what about the full-length shows? Um, as usual, we're going to go up the scale from my 1 out of 5s to 5 out of 5s and why, uh, with an average show, again, being a 3 out of 5. Or on Mal, these are going to be the ones listed as 5 out of 10. Now, thankfully, I had no shows I would consider 1 out of 5 that I was masochistic enough to stick with. Um, there are a couple of 2 out of 5 shows, which I don't think are bad per se. Um, they were still enjoyable enough for me to finish. Uh, for one reason or another, I just think that they're 
pretty niche, and I really wouldn't recommend these to too many people unless that niche was was for you. In which case, you know, the score would be adjusted up by about a point or so if this was your thing. The first of these is Iwakakaru, Sports Climbing Girls. Uh, this show is basically another cute girls doing cute things in the super niche topic. Uh, D4DJ had DJing. Uh, this one's focused on rock climbing. Uh, given the timing, I imagine this was meant to build up on, to build on the hype for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and the new uh, rock climbing uh, or sport climbing event. Um, it's based on the manga. It was about eight volumes released so far. Now, production-wise, I guess it's passable you know if anything it's it used a bit too much of the panning shots um which you know for a sports series you want to have a lot more action and movement and this one had a little bit of that you know mostly of them you know clinging to the wall in, in different poses of, of of various cute girls um you know that was and i think those 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 cute girls was kind of like the offsetting factor here where you know the attractive care of the designs is kind of what makes this so you know you you, you all know why you're watching it you're looking at for watch cute fit girls uh do cute fit girl things um plot wise some plot parts probably dragged on a little bit too long especially early on um and toward the end that caused you know the final arc to be a little bit rust um there's some degree of not being able to fully send your disbelief either that the main character is a complete noob to rock climbing but then within a within a year is able to compete against some of the best rock climbers in the world just because he was a gamer girl um in a past life you know that aside though the mix of the power friendship storyline which you wouldn't expect in a solo sports series um and some interesting side characters which i really would have loved to see some of these expanded upon you know the idea of each character having their own unique uh climbing style i think really could have been a lot on a little bit more and we got a little bit of it but again the animation didn't do it any favors there that said it was enjoyable enough so you know i think i'll give it a two out of five uh, I think Iwakakeru I would consider a bit of a guilty pleasure and the other guilty pleasure so of the season for me I think uh, was Hypnosis Mike Division Rap Battle Rhyme Anima um, at first glance this one doesn't seem like my kind of so it's generally I don't have a lot of luck with shows that are mostly pretty boys and almost no female characters um, you know not you know I, I generally like at least some degree of, of character balance in my series or you know if anything you know mostly mostly cute girls um, you know but, but this one was a lot of fun um, if a bit mindless plot Wise. Um, basically, the show follows four different three-man rap groups. Uh, the first episode introduces us to all 12 characters, um, and then episodes two through five cycle through each group to get to know them a little bit better a day in their lives, you know, capped off with some rap battle that they do. And then episodes six through eight, again, cycles through all of the groups as they work through the prelims of this tournament. Um, two of the groups got their own episodes. Uh, the other two shared uh, episode eight. Um, and then episodes nine through 11 is the, uh, you know, the two semifinal battles and then the final battle with episodes 12 and 13 kind of tying up the larger overarching plot of the anime. First and foremost, I think the biggest props need to go to the translators on this one. Uh, the music, you know, as expected of a music show, is pretty good, especially if you like rap and hip-hop. Um, I don't think it's fully rap. It's probably like a mix of rap and J-pop, like J-rap. I, I don't know. Not not true underground rap battling. Um, but, you know, given given the nature of this show, I think that kind of makes sense. It's a little bit of a mix of idol, guy idol and, and rap stuff in a different veil. Um, that said, you know, again, the translators definitely deserve props on this one. Each episode, like I said, does feature a rap from the feature group or groups and of course it's in Japanese which I don't understand but the translators were able to make it enjoyable by not only translating the, lyri the, li the lyrics of the song in a way where they de they still incorporated the random English words they threw in so I could tell they were trying to get the same 
feeling and the sentiment of the words across. They did so in meter, and they also did so with a rhyme scheme in place. On top of that, also the cadence um, and, and, the, and the language that they used matched the personality of each character um, and, and helped match their, their personality, which helped with the, the characterization. Uh, now, from group to group, you know, the the degree of plot they were involved with and the characterization pretty varied, right? I think that's kind of the point of these kind of so where you're supposed to pick your favorite. Um, musically, I think the Buster Bros, probably my favorite. They're my, they're most similar to my pre-existing style of rap that I enjoy. Um, but they also had the least interesting plot and characters. Um, Materno um, had a little bit more of an interesting group dynamic, um, whereas Flink Posse had the better individual characters. Uh, in specific, Gentaro, the novelist, is my favorite of entire so the translators really had fun with a Shakespearean era style of talking and old school cadence of speech and voice acting. Matt Trigger crew rounds them out and having the most interesting plot uh, surrounding the characters. Um, honestly, I think 90% of my enjoyment came from these musical performances. And if this had just been, you know, just like the, the different the performances, I honestly would have probably just enjoyed it as much. So in that sense, you know, not not the best so that it is a little bit bloated in that sense. Um, though again, the music I think is great. Both the opening and the eight endings were pretty good. Actually, they actually rotated through um, by having different ending songs uh, playing over the course of the season um, with each of the different groups performing, having a different performance cycling through. Um, you know, I will say I do, um, you know, I... I, I since since most of the enjoyment came from the music and not from the rest of the episode, really I you know I, I can't really rate it higher. But you know, apparently there is a whole multimedia franchise around the characters that make it a little bit more worth looking into. For example, you know I wish the anime explored the rant. Apparently they have rap battle powers um, that aren't really fully explained aside from I think two of the two or three of the characters. Um, but I think they wanted to make the most of the medium of you know actually having music to go with the animation, um, whereas the manga. I've heard leans more into that battle powers dynamic a little bit more. So that makes sense. All right. Moving on to from the two out of fives to the three out of fives, we got a handful of anime here. Um, the common thread of here being that they were all a little bit mismatched from my pre-existing conceptions earlier on what the show would turn out to be. Um, uh, and, um, you know, not that these shows are probably done by any mean, but uh, I, I just felt that there was a lot more potential for what could be done for most of these shows. One of these shows actually exceeded my expectations. Um, and that would be Ochikobre Fruit Tart or Dropout Idol Fruit Tart. Uh, it's, again, it's in a genre I'm not usually into, the idol genre. The thing this show does a little bit different to set it apart and catch my eye is, first off, um, you know, the perception of idol shows is that they're usually very wholesome and about the pure friendships and endeavors to be the best um, in the industry uh, and just celebrate the friendships um, no matter, which kind of makes the stakes feel a little bit low for me, right? Um, the girls usually feel they're, they're quite perfect and pure and wholesome, and that's what makes you want to root for them, uh, not drop out idol. Um, first off, the show is... I would not say wholesome. Uh, you know, not nothing super explicit. You know, there, there is a fair bit of fan service, but uh, these girls are thirsty, right? It's like for each other. Uh, maybe it's the immature side of me, but the so having the balls to be able to dial up these girls' thirst up to ten for each other is just hilarious, and you know, at least a subversion of the genre in that regard. Um, beyond that, though, you know, beyond that predominant fact, I think the uh, the fact that the girls are all kind of derpy and and you know, as the name suggests, dropouts in their own 
different ways. Um, not the typical idol you would expect to see. Makes them more enduring. Makes them the real underdog, right? Um, as opposed to, you know, oh, I just have a little bit of stage fright or I've never done this before, but I've always dreamed of doing it, right? Like, you know, they all have some kind of flaw to them that really sticks out. And, and I think, and you can understand between that and the uh, shenanigans of their producer, you know, really adds like, will they make it or not, right? And so it makes you want to read for them. Animation, music-wise, nothing too special, you know, especially for an idol. So um, I think some of the animation for the performances was definitely, you could tell, didn't quite have the budget of you would expect of a, of a show like this. Um, but I think with what they had, it was pretty good. I especially loved the random elongated uh, chibi versions that would show up from time to time of the different characters. Pretty unique. Uh, oh, pretty much a, an average show, which again, exceeded my expectations. So three out of five. Uh, Ikebukuro Wastegate Park now was another one of, of a bit of an odd show. Um, maybe the case of, again, maybe it was the case of initially offset expectations. The idea would be, you know, this show is the one that inspired Durarara. You know, I love, you know, kind of these stories of, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny that, um, that, uh, Lime Anima, you know, Hypnosis Mike had another group of, of like, you know, delinquents from Ikebukuro, um, similar here, right? Um, and the idea that there's this overarching plot within Ikebukuro from, from similar kinds of stories, I think maybe have colored my predisposition that this show would be like that. Um, you know, it's, uh, now, you know, instead we got a lot of different one-off stories. Most uh, stories were contained within a single episode, of, again, following the same main protagonist as he does different things around, you know, helping other different people around Ikebukuro. Um, but these stories were all introduced, developed, and pretty much resolved within 20 minutes. Um, not as a bad thing, and you know, I, I actually was kind of pretty great, right? It's a, a lot of the individual stories, I think, more so than a lot of other shows, were focused on something about the human condition, or psyche, or morality um, that's worth considering, right? Um, I will say some of the resolutions felt you know, not quite somewhat rust and and kind of convenient without too much crazy action or active work on the protagonist. He was kind of there, a lot of stalking, maybe a little bit of talking, not so much action, which maybe this show doesn't need, right? And and maybe that's a good thing, but also right, like it felt almost passive, I think would be the right word for it. Um no, no, again, once I was able to sift my expectations from the get kind of like overarching story to kind of like these one-off, you know, human interest stories to kind of learn about like humanity from one particular lens, um, you know, definitely made this so pretty enjoyable. Now, that's not to say there was zero continuity, right? Um, characters and hints at other groups working in the backgrounds would, you know, over time recur in later episodes as after they were planted early on, um, especially in the final arc where a lot of different arcs, kind of, or different episodes kind of play in to some degree. Um, but, you know, even though they didn't quite feel ham-fisted, which is a good thing, um, it it felt like it, it didn't feel like it was super tight either, right? It was like, oh, I guess this works out that, they, that they're all there, but it wasn't like it was like, a, oh, he was like a master plan crafted together. I think those kind of stories, for example, Attack on Titan is one of these where you can, looking back and see, oh, all of these seeds planted early on like are super deliberate and not doesn't, don't feel like something that, oh, I guess that kind of works out, right? Um, again, maybe my expectations were a little bit too high. Um, I can't say it was a bad so or even below average, but I think there's a lot of potential here that didn't go realized, hence my three out of five. Um, another show that has a similar feel to Ikebukuro Westgate Park, which, um, you know, even though I know it was going to be like that from the beginning, was Majo no Tabitabi, or Wandering Witch Elena. As many people have called it, it's basically Kino's journey with a bit of a magical twist. The titular character, Elena, traveling through different countries and seeing what's up going on in them, uh, presumably with the audience taking something away from each town, each story, uh, even though the moral is never quite explicitly stated. 
Now, much like Ikebuka or Westgate Park, the individual stories don't really give us much time to really marinate in the takeaways. And, you know, barring one episode, uh, we don't really see how these encounters really affect Elena along the way, um, you know, as, as she's always there. Now, there is a somewhat of a clever explanation for this in the final episode, why it doesn't seem she's affected by anything. Um, but, you know, it's, it still, I think, would have been nice to, to see a little bit more from that. She definitely has, like, a, pers a personality to it. It just didn't feel very dynamic or affected by the by the journey, right? Um, it felt kind of the glib and superficial. This is one where I think, you know, a lot more of those interactions that, that have been laid early come pay off. Um, there are recurring characters, right? Especially one, uh, Saya, who is, I know, uh, extremely thirsty for Elena. This season has a lot of thirsty girls, trust me. Um, which presides some, you know, again, nice continuity, but it doesn't really build to anything grand as a result. Um, again, for a journey so, it's kind of fine, but you know, if these individual stories don't pack a punch and the main character doesn't really see any impact or, or growth over time, kind of like, what's the point, right? Now, I will give Elena credit for being a surprisingly beautiful show, um, especially with Elena's character design and in the effects choreography for certain episodes when there was action involved. Uh, given C2C didn't have the strongest roster of shows before this, um, it was a bit of a pleasant surprise. Arguably, it could be one of the best-looking shows of the season, in fact. Uh, overall, I think in balance, this kind of works out to a show being a 3 out of 5. Our final show for this grade is Taiso no Samurai, or Gymnastic Samurai. Set in the early 2000s and following a single father who is an aging gymnast, this show could have gone in a couple of directions. The first, most obvious one, would have been to a straight-up sports, uh, sports series, focusing on his return uh, which, to, to the sport, which, again, it kind of does, but with a higher focus on the technical elements of the sports of gymnastics for gymnastic nuts. Um, again, pretty clearly meant to capitalize off of the postponed 2020 Olympics. The other axis it could have leaned into was the single father element with a more ESK, you know, series a la Sweetness and Lightning, or Kakusigoto, or Barakamon, and his relationship with his daughter Ray. Um, now, instead, the show ends up trying to do both and split the difference, and it does it's okay, but it doesn't do them great. Uh, part of the show is focused on Jotaro's rehabilitation and return to the sport, but it never gets into the technical nitty gritty I'd like beyond more spins during a flip is better, right? Which is pretty straightforward. Um, it does spend some time of him realizing how his situation has affected his daughter overall and, and helps him settling their bond, but again, it's just one part of a larger story, right? Um, and doesn't really dig too much into it. Um, the other factor here, right, the X factor is there's a somewhat bizarre addition of the character of Leonardo as the random ninja they take home from vacation are just okay with staying with them. Uh, it's never really explained why or how. Um, well, okay, it kind of is, but like the logistics, like there's a bit of a suspension of disbelief you have to give give it, right? Now, on one hand, maybe this is just pushing us to be smarter and figure it out ourselves, and maybe I'm just dumb, but you know, on the other hand, it, it's not the only bizarre thing they throw at us without really giving us an explanation. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Leonardo is absolutely crucial to the story. I don't want him written out. I just think that you know, I, I think the show also would not work without him. I just think that you know the pacing of how his story is brought up, um, how his backstory is kind of left until the very very end, and doesn't. And there are maybe vague hints, but nothing really concrete that we can like you know try to predict. Um, I, I I don't really like how they didn't really explore him that much. Um, production wise, and, and, and you know I think the crux of the show focuses on the relationship between Leonardo and Jotaro, and then Leonardo and Ray, um, which you know again is split with time looking at the relationship between the father and the daughter and the father and his work as well. So you know, 
um, you know, I, I think production-wise, you know, it has a unique look um, and character design that's not going to be for everyone, but, you know, for, it works for me, especially with the physical expressions of the character as they move in action, uh, especially, you know, random random CG replacements aside, and the pastel color palette, you know, is, is pretty nice. Um, again, I'm also going to need to give a shout-out to the composer uh, who also did the work for Your Lion April soundtrack. Uh, you know, the really eclectic music that here, I think, really uh, worked for this show. Uh, again, overall, a 3 out of 5. Now, for the above average shows, uh, you'll know which ones these are if you've seen my Anime of the Year episode, but I want to dig in with a little bit more detail. Uh, first up, we have the conclusion of the second season of Fire Force. Now, again, not much to say here that I haven't already before in past seasons. Um, it's a you know excellent, excellently executed battle sonar anime in an imaginative world with excellent animation and production quality from David H. Productions. I think at this point, you know, the show has enough momentum to cruise through in its future seasons, unless it just sits to bed, um, to be a four out of five at least. Um, similar to other long-running show, shonen shows like uh, like My Hero Academia. You know, I will say these arcs are. You know, pretty great. Uh, not only at fleshing out some of the individual characters, but it also pushed forward the whole plot of who the white clad are and the larger conspiracy about the world. Um, in a way, it was a lot more comprehensible than the first season, while also upping the gravity of the world with you know some uh, a lot more intensity when it comes to the action and and the plots involved. Um, now, I know a lot of the people had issue with the first season uh, featuring Tamaki specifically having a lot of fan, random fan service that distracted from the pace of battle. And I won't lie, you know, those don't go away entirely. It's a little bit less bad in this season for sure, especially in the first half. Um, and, you know, in, at least when they're using the latter half a little bit more there, partly for character development, at least, you know. Um, now, I, I, I do think that the, that the shift in directing from the first to the second season really was a step up for the franchise overall. Can't wait for season three, and you know I seriously think Fire Force, uh, for how popular, despite how popular it may be, is frankly a, a pretty slept-on Sonen series in all in in all in the grander scheme of things. So um, I think it's worth a shot, you know, if you haven't already. Uh, four out of five. Uh, next up, we have Sengyoku no Sigurd Rifa, or Warlords of Sigurd Rifa. Now, this one had a bit of a reputation going in, uh, despite being anime original, given that the writer for the show is Tape, uh, the creator of ReZero, which is known for inflicting suffering upon its protagonist. Uh, so when you see an anime about cute girls flying mystical warplanes in the battle, facing otherworldly threats, you kind of brace yourself for something like Madoka Mazuka or Yuki Yunayusa. Uh, the happy smiles seeing early on uh, will, hope, will, you think, be filled with despair later on, um, especially once they kind of learn to love each other and be, be friends. Um, spoiler alert, um, there's no serious gnashing of teeth uh, and sick torch twist and suffering at the end. Um, you know, uh, maybe in the middle there's a little bit of it, but but not not, not too terribly, right? So uh, sub, expect, expectations subverted. Uh, again, spoiler alert, sorry for that. But um, I think, you know, knowing that, um, I can't really point to any major flaws. Um, you know, maybe the world could have been expanded on a little bit more clearly, though apparently that's done in the light novels and manga. Um, and maybe the mechanics of the girls being blessed by Odin to fly planes in the battle and, and what their powers are could have been explained a little bit more. Again, I imagine that's in the light novels and manga but you know frankly a lot was just done right from a production perspective right really likable cast of characters not only the four main girls but uh who they all work together really well but you know also the side characters uh shout out to the best bros field squadron and their equal opportunity fan service and all the enthusiasm uh the tension from the aforementioned uncertainty of if they were going to get out or not definitely kept me engaged uh, and the various plot developments felt 
pretty well done, pretty well written. Um, you know, in fact, I would have loved to see a little bit more of the implications of those plot twists explored more in the world. Again, I imagine that's in the light novel and, and, and manga, whatever. Um, though apparently, if you look at some details in the background, there's actually some hints to all that. Um, anyway, some of the specific uh, to, moving to the you know animation of combat. You know, um, I think maybe some of the specifics of combat could have been a little bit more explained at, to the degree that they were earlier on in, in the first double length episode, but. Um, you know, they got closed over later on. I'm sure there are other cute girl flying aircraft shows out there that do it better, um, have better combat, aerial combat animation. But overall, still well done. World of Secret Refair made, was a show I prioritized every Saturday morning to watch, um, hence giving it a 4 out of 5. Finally, every season there is a surprise show. Uh, in addition to Dropout Idol for me, uh, Muno no Nana or Talentless Nana was another surprise for me this season. Uh, I had read a little bit of the first chapter of the manga before, wasn't impressed then, saw the character designs and powers as, you know, ripoffs of My Hero Academia, wasn't impressed, saw the dark atmosphere as, you know, grim dark, you know, super edgy, and you know, the twist in the first episode, you know, of, of, of Nana, how the Deku look-alike, you know, wasn't the actual main character, but was the cute girl who's going to be killing off her classmates and, you know, wasn't impressed. I was going to be another crappy battle royale type series. And, you know, I'll eat crow. I'll admit it and say this one turned out to be a bit, a lot better. It's one of the better thriller type series I've seen in a long time. Uh, each arc, you know, of her basically playing cat and mouse is, is kind of like a, a detective show where, you know, there's the who done it, right? But here, you know who done it. It's the matter of how done it, right? And you have to figure out how she's going to, you know, get these characters, and 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 especially since they all have superpowers, um, and how she's able to do that when she doesn't have powers herself. And on top of that, you know, there is still a cat and mouse element, similar to the Death Note, of how she uh, has to basically throw suspicion off herself, especially when one of her classmates starts to get more and more uh, uh, suspicious of her. Uh, now, you know, maybe it was the fact that Among Us uh, hit the zeitgeist this season and with this show basically literally being Among Us, right, in anime form, the terms imposter, suspicious, and Among Us, uh, you know, repeatedly made or throughout the show made it easier to get invested. Uh, maybe it was the elements of it being similar to, you know, again, those whodunit detective series, so it's not just a grim, dark, edgy show, um, you know. Made, made was help pull it off. Um, you know, maybe it was Michiru and her sweet cinnamonness that you know, uh, as a foil to Nana, just you know, made you want to snuggle up and protect her. Um, and maybe it was the fact that Michiru, right, and 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 everything going on helped Nana as a character develop over over the show. Um, and she got a lot more development than I expected. You know, I don't know. Um, but I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Now I will say the ending of the series is a, a little bit of a cliffhanger. Um, leaves a lot of things unresolved, and there doesn't look to be a sequel lined up. Hopefully they get an, they get one. Um, as I've heard that the manga, you know, is okay. It's uh, but it doesn't really get uh super super good after this. But you know, I'd love to see the story continued. And in, in, in any case, you know, it, it would have been a five out of five had I been able to like wrap things up a little bit more nicely. But for what it is, with that, with that, you know, a bit of a, a cliffhanger ending, I'll give it like a four out of five. Now that leaves our last two five out of fives from the season uh, in two very different genres. But you know, uh, I, I knew from the beginning that these were probably going to be my favorites of the season um, and potentially anime of the season. Uh, the first of these was Adachi and Shimamura. Uh, again, not in the genre I really enjoyed it much, and I think that's a recurring theme of this season. Um, it's a slow-paced romance in high school, uh, specifically a sojo eye uh, romance or girl love. Um, as I said in my initial assessment after the first episode, this one feels like poetry. 
um, between the wallet color pastel look, the artistic use of sifting aspect ratios, the heavy introspective dialogue which is a lot more it's a bit of a rarity actually a lot of anime um especially those adapted from light novels for example don't really do a good job of sharing the inner thoughts from the from the light novel right a lot of a lot of novel and a lot of writing in general is very introspective it's the thoughts of the characters right not just what they do um and so you, that, that's what helps you understand the motivations in anime because you have the the medium of action a lot of shows tend to rely on the outward action as the main driving point you don't get a lot of the introspective yeah and, and and if there is introspection a lot of it is kind of subtle and and implied and not really explicitly stated so i think that was like a little bit of a difference here that that helped it stand out um i think what is so really does best is capture the nature of introvertedness um, especially at that awkward puberty age especially in the context of interacting with someone that you may or may not have feelings for and may or may not like may or may not like and you're not sure about which i think most of us might be able to relate to you know to some degree no matter your your age or gender orientation uh, the show is an extremely slow burn uh spoilers um but you know i wouldn't say the two characters actually get together by the end of it but you know you do see them get closer and you do see them in their own and in their own ways you see them make meaningful progress in character development and i think that's the real boot in the story that you know it, it, it's not hurtling toward the end of a romance so just to say that they got together like other shows do it's about enjoying the journey and the process to get there and yeah some romance is you know about the the journey and not the destination but it's the journey in that you know these characters spending time together in these romances are what get them together it's not really about character development right like these two characters from the onset aren't good for each other frankly speaking right and i think over time as they realize they're starting to start to realize their feelings very slowly of of their feelings for each other understanding themselves and what they need to do to get to a place like that um and 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 making that change i think uh without also also without losing a sense of who they are as an individual i think is a really tricky thing when it comes to relationships in real life that anime just kind of tends to oversimplify and i think this really captured that really well um yeah and 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 i think by the end of the you know of, of most romance shows i will say that i i, I does it doesn't seem like characters really grow as individuals they grow maybe as a couple but they don't grow as an individual i think this show really has these individual characters growing as individuals which then leads to them having a better relationship down the line um is how they adopt into memoir and understand themselves separately is where the beauty of the show lies. And hence, the five out of five. Uh, also, FYI, this, this is the other show that's extremely thirsty uh, female lead character, though not super explicitly, uh, mostly. Um, so just a heads up for that. But I think it's a really beautiful story and makes me want to look at other Sojo Ai so, uh, series in the genre. And then finally, you know, the other five out of five is the anime original Akudama Drive. Um, and this one was definitely one I was hyped for from the beginning. You know, Cyberpunk show, already interested. Strong, inspired art and, and referencing Western media, super great. Uh, gorgeous aesthetic and a fun, zany cast of characters with bombastic openings. I'm all in. Uh, now, I will admit, midway through the season, I, I started to lose a little bit of faith, you know, maybe saying, oh, this might be like a four out of five at top, um, especially due to some of the censorship that happens midway through the season. Um, but you know, I, I gotta say the final episode, especially that, that, that final episode feels like a masterclass in really ending a story without leaving too many loose ends. This could honestly just be a straight two, two and a half hour short film, I think. Uh, and it would be a great, it would be a great story in, in and of that, in, in that sense, right? 
Now, sorry, there's potential for a sequel, right? But I and 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 there are maybe a couple of loose ends if you think about it. But for the most part, I think it does a really good job of telling a full, complete story. I'd be completely content if Akudama Drive ended here and now. Um, there may, I I I think this. I I would need to think a little bit more if there was like a greater, you know, greater, larger meaning. I'm sure there is. Maybe I just haven't thought about it. Um, but I think even without that, just the sheer visual enjoyment I got from something like this, it, it felt like watching a Tarantino film, right? Which, you know, I wouldn't say that there's like a heavy symbolism or heavy metaphor, a heavy, you know, moralizing in those stories. And, and it makes sense, right? This film was inspired by Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Um, it just like it felt a very fun visual, visceral romp that's just executed so well um everything from production to the story the characters to the writing it just worked and the plot the beats and the development everything just worked so well especially in, in particular i want to highlight the the developed character development of both hoodlum and also of swindler and and their evolutions just an absolute delight easy five out of five all right, so that's the 10 is, uh, series I completed, 10 you know series I completed, plus the two leftovers going into the next season, plus the five sorts, um, uh, and, and my scores for them. Um, that said, let's do out some awards for the season. So best animation, I'm going to give it to Majo no Tabitabi. Um, best backgrounds, I'm going to give to Adachi Toshimamura. Best opening, I'm going to give to Hypnosis Mike. Uh, best ending song, I'm going to give to Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, best sound is Taiso Samurai. Uh, most underrated series, uh, I guess you could say Fire Force. I, I would say it's my most underrated, but I know that's pretty mainstream. So I'm going to think Senyoku no Sigurd Rifa. Just I think it got a little bit overlooked in some of the, the anime discussions overall. Um, the biggest surprise uh, is Talentless Nana and Ochikobre Fruit Tart. Um, thirstiest between Thirstiest between Ino from Ochikobre or uh, uh, Adachi from Adachi to Simamura. Um, or who was the what was the last one that was pretty thirsty? Um, uh, oh yeah, Saya from Majino Tabitabi. Honestly, I can't believe. I, I'm, I'm gonna say Eno probably is the is the thirstiest of those. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the great series for for for, for that kind of thing. Um, and finally, you know, my anime of the season. I did say, you know, in my last episode for the for the anime of the year awards um, for fall for fall 2020, I was considering Jujutsu Kaisen as my top uh, anime of the season. Um, but the more I think about it, the more Akudama just sticks with me, right? Maybe not to the degree that that I I will give it a five out of five on my on. on 10 out of 10 on my anime list but definitely i think it just sticks with me a lot more so right now um and so i think i'm going to give akudama drive my anime of the season uh and with that you know i i gotta mention i also didn't only watch seasonal anime um most of them were in the past couple of weeks in preparation for the for the yet another anime award so door hedero and Bofuri come to mind i'm still working on great pretender um that said i also recently just watched through all of yuru camp uh, in anticipation for the sequel next season i gave that about a four out of five um and made my way also through all of love is like a cocktail which i had had on hold uh pretty cute short series give it a three out of five especially if you like to drink and, and want like a fluffy romance without too much development but you know it's, it's a couple that's already together um you know that being said you know i gotta get back to watching all the first episodes uh for the winter 2021 season so that i can watch it for that next episode and also some isekai series uh for the episode after that but i do want to hear from you guys uh what is your favorite anime from the fall 2020 season how did my scoring of this anime compare against yours was i off was i wrong on any of these um were there any shows i didn't watch that you think i should have uh let me know um you can do that on twitter at yet or via email at yet another anime podcast 
podcast at gmail.com. Follow my map, my anime list at ninjaboy333, boy with an I. And I'll link to that as well as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play will be in the show notes. Uh, I'll also, um, I'll, uh, I, if you can leave a review for any of those or on podcasts.com or just tell a friend about, about what, what I'm doing, uh, it would really help out. Intro and outro music is provided by Soichi Sakagami at Tandes.com. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this episode. We air on the first and third Fridays of each month, though again, this month, second and fourth. Uh, and again, next episode, we'll go over the first episodes of each of the, fir- of the winter 2021 anime season series. Um, until then, though, see you, Space Cowboy. 